you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and nfl.com/shek. Yes, it's that time of the week for our review of the weekend's football action. We sit here on Monday evening. The Patriots and the Chiefs are about to kick it off, but we've seen enough to be able to draw some conclusions. And joining us, as usual, here in Studio 66, Maximum Strength! Gorgeous new Studio 66. I don't like that black tie, but I'll tell you, what I like even less is the man who is joining us here in Studio 66. A man who hosts his own podcast, has a very popular Twitter handle. He goes on fancy TV all the time and says this, that, and the other about whoever he pleases, whenever he pleases. But he's overstepped the line this time. I'm talking, of course, about Move the Sticks, a.k.a. Daniel Jeremiah, first of all, what's the poop, fella? Nothing. I just, uh, it sounds like I'm, I'm in, in trouble. trouble. Yeah, it does. Well, That's kind of what it sounds like. Well, it? you are, and I'm glad that you could read the tea all, leaves. All I do this. is give in this relationship, Dave. I don't uh, understand. I no, you give out false information like... What did you refer to Studio 66 as? Studio uh, 7? That's, that's what nonsense. I was told. That's, that's what I was told. And I want to say the person that told me was wearing a very fancy suit. <laughs> so I figured in terms of naming rights, they might be a little more in tune to what it was actually Someone known from as. 345 Park Avenue flew all the way across the a- a- avenue to, to correct me and say this is you. not Studio 66. <laughs> so that's what I was told. I just go off. You know, I'm I'm chain of command guy. All right, well, listen, the Move the Sticks podcast is up and rolling. You're about to move into 
episode five. Episode right? five. You yep. have an exciting is, guest, this... one of the general managers of pro football coming up. Yeah, we're slated to have uh, Ryan Grigson, general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, come join us. So uh, looking forward to that. But one of the reasons you always uh, remember what episode number I'm on, I got married in 2000, mm-hmm. so it was easy to remember anniversaries. You know, I got my 15th anniversary coming up in March. That Pretty is easy. convenient. So I started my podcast the first week of the NFL season. That's so, a good, you know what, too. and that Helps a good, you remember things as you get older. That's absolutely right. That's a good lesson for all the young fellas out there. So if you're you, thinking about getting married out there, wait, wait till for an a nice, year, right. a round number, and you're good. Yeah, that is, a, that, that is a, a nice tip there. I gave a tip out the other day. In front of Black Tie behind the glass, uh, hello to Black Tie there. What's the poop with you, fella? My number one goal was to uh, work on my body language. Who was that again? Brandon Marshall. Oh, that's right, Brandon yeah. Marshall. Not uh, a quarterback, but, you know, he gets the point. Yes, Black Tie, of course, the uh, the body language expert. And, in fact, we've been – we're at the quarter pole here of the NFL season, and we haven't gotten many body language reviews from you, Black Tie. Let's, uh, let's fix that ASA and P – um, I gave Black Tie though. He's a young man, you know. He's on the prowl, looking mm-hmm. for looking for love, and some some of his colleagues are as well. I told them a great move that uh, that my chum David Feeney from an old podcast I used to do and many other things, uh, Dave's of Thunder. He and I used to talk about this on a first date. Tell me what you think about this, yep. Jerry. You're on the other side, happily yep. married, coming up on 15 years. If you didn't know, kids, everything. Else. Tell me what you think of this move. First date, you sit down, you look at the menus. There's a little bit of nervousness. Everything. Oh, should we get? Should we get an or? Should we get hors d'oeuvres? Oh, ooh, yes, I'll try an hors d'oeuvre. Oh, I, I like uh, grilled calamari. Oh, do you? Because I was thinking about getting the crab. You know what? The wheel is what we're gonna get, which is to say, a little bit of everything. Every single hors d'oeuvre. Wow. What? Can you imagine what that says to the woman? This man has a zest for life. He has a joie de vivre that can't be. Can't be harnessed. He wants them all. And the, and then you say, it's not like I want you to, you don't have to eat. We don't have to finish these. Just have a taste, my dear. Whatever. That's that's what I do. So is the purpose then, depending on what she picks up, to learn something about her taste? No. It's just it's to just show to her show your the, winning way. That, that, that or you is just it do kind it of a, like a financial thing? Because and instead of just getting like the $5 yes. appetizer, you're like, come on. You know who you're dating here? I get this. That's that's eleven ninety nine. I got no problem floating that bill. Thank you for mentioning that. It is a practical, impressive thing for, I mean, black tie you know, he courts, I think, 23-year-olds. You, you know, a 23-year-old lass just out of college? She, she doesn't swoon over a man who says, yes, I have the disposable income, but more importantly, I have the spirit that guides me to order everything on the menu just for your pleasure, my dear. What if you order that, the wheel of food, a mm-hmm. little bit of everything, but then what if later on in the evening the check comes and you go, are we, are we dutching this thing? <laughs> Now that's class. I only had one piece of shrimp. You had like four different things <laughs> on that wheel. That's that's the fun. That, see, that's a different game. But Technically, like... you should be paying for seventy percent of it. <laughs> I, I counted how much you ate. I love it. Technically, my first date. By the way, we are so off the rails. <laughs> we were starting here. Uh, homecoming court, my freshman year. Right, I'd never been on a date before, so I got to go with the little the, the princess. You know, so uh-huh. we go to this. Uh, I think it was the Chart House in San Diego. Really nice. They said that everything's paid for. You just need to you just need to pay for your own drink. You're, and that's literally said your own drink. I'm not dating her. We're just kind of going together because we're on the homecoming court. So. I end up, you know, they come to me and I'll, just, you know, I'll take a water. It's fine. I don't, have, I don't have like two bucks in my pocket. She must have ordered like f- three or four like virgin daiquiris or whatever that they have there. And it was like 
20 bucks. And the check came and it, it brought, they brought it to me. So I didn't even have a choice. I had to borrow money from a senior <laughs> to pay for my, what I didn't even know was my date's uh, non-alcoholic beverages as a 15-year-old. Boy, you got rooked. I, I did. Feel bad for you. I really did. All right. Well, listen. So try the wheel. I think you, and please, try it, positive or negative reviews after the fact. Please drop us a line, hashtag DDFP, and let us know. I think uh, we'll get some very positive responses on that black tie. All well, right. Just to recap that off-the-rail segment right there, Eric Deco, how say you? It was a mix of kind of romantic, yeah. business, mm-hmm. awkwardness. Yeah, that is Eric Decker. So what? Yeah, he, I, I took him on Can a first date in uh, Central Park. Yes. So most teams have now reached the quarter pole, and a handful of them are feeling pretty good about themselves, DJ. Let's figure out as we move into October in present day, let's look ahead to, I don't know, like Thanksgiving-ish or maybe December. Which of these teams will we laugh at that we considered? That team was a contender. Remember when we talked about them like they were for real? Ha, ha, ha. Let's identify who those teams are right now, DJ. First so that, of all, my laugh won't sound anything like that, but go on. <laughs> That's yeah. more like your laugh, A little right? more accurate. Is that how it is? That's a little more accurate. All right. So let's talk about these more teams that are, your voice, Dave. That, that are on the uh, on the plus side. It's, uh, the voice is the voice. I can't do anything about this. <laughs> I, I do not have the voice of... Charlie Jones or Don Crickey, who is the best play-by-play man of all time. We don't have time for it. We're talking about this right now. All right, let's look at these teams that have winning records right now. Who's going to fall back? Go for it. Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys. You have that. I mean, the Cowboys are one to me. Do you think, I mean, do you buy what they're doing on the ground right now as something that they can sustain? DeMarco Murray's injury-prone. What do you think about that team, the Dallas Cowboys? No, I, I think from what we've seen, the formula that they have that's working, running the football. I mean, I, I tweeted out the other day, last year four times Romo threw it fewer than 30 times. This year he's already done it three times, and that's the three wins that they have right in a row. So with Scott Linehan, I think you got to give him a lot of credit, and I think if they stay with this running game with the offensive line that's playing well, takes a lot of that pressure off Tony Romo. If, if they stay with that formula. Now, they have it in the past. But this is a new offensive coordinator, and maybe maybe we'll see this happen. Well, how about this? Who deserves the credit for what Dallas is doing? Both is it Romo? It's both coordinators. Marinelli, Linehan. Is it Jason Garrett or the one who I give the credit to, Jerry Jones? He's the look. Everybody badmouths this guy for making bad personnel decisions. He's the one who brought in that offensive line. They're road graders. They just they are like watching an old Big Eight team lay waste to whoever gets in front of them. Yeah, I mean, you you got to give Jerry Jones some credit. But, you know, Jerry Jones is there last year. Obviously, they have Martin from this last draft class, but a lot of those other players there last year as well. I think the commitment to the running game, though, I give a lot of that to Scott Linehan. All right, what do you make of I don't the Seahawks? I'm not going to indulge your conversation if they're for real yeah. because I think we agree they are. How about the Houston Texans? No, I, I don't think so. They go away. No, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I just don't think over a 16-game season he's going to be good enough for them to have a winning record. I'll be the first to admit I'm surprised if they do. I mean, I, you know, you got Jacksonville in that division. You've got Tennessee. You feel good about those. But, I mean, when you watch Indianapolis play and you watch those other three teams in the division play, to me it doesn't – they're just so much better than everybody else because of what they have at quarterback. All right, but we're talking about the Texans. I agree that they're not good enough to catch the Colts during the season, but do you think they could maybe – Go nine and seven, ten and six with that defense. The clear the, cut. Nobody argues he's yet. the best defensive player. Is that Watts the the best there is? And DeAndre Hopkins has emerged. I, I just still, I just look at the quarterback, and I, I think the quarterback's going to make some mistakes. They're going to cost them some ball games. 
Now, look, they're three and one. Give give them their due. Beat Washington, Oakland, and Buffalo. Here's the one that intrigues me because before the season started, I said that they would win the AFC West. There they sit at three and one, a half I game think ahead. About you. I think about you every time I watch them play. All right. What about those San Diego Chargers? Oh, for they're, real? They're for real. Absolutely, 100% for real. And Phillip Rivers, <clears throat> I need to apologize to him. All those Charger fans that, that crushed me on Twitter for last week's quarterback rankings, hey, I'm a big boy. I can admit when I was wrong. Should have had him on there. He's playing lights out. Um, the way he's playing, the different weapons they have. I mean, one week it's Gates and it's Ladarius Green. You see some Malcolm Floyd. Then we see Keenan Allen. He's got a lot of guys to get the ball to. You have two running backs go down. You just put the third guy in, and, and they don't skip a beat. So, no, I think they're for real. And a I, defensive line, by the way, with Corey Legit and Kendall Reyes and company that's very underrated. Yeah, I agree with that. And Melvin Ingram's on the shelf. But they have the ability to generate a little bit of a pass rush these days. The other team that feels like a complete surprise to me, we talked about them a fair amount in the preseason, and we identified their offensive line. Really, you did more than me. I go on what you say when it comes to offensive line. But the Baltimore Ravens, since yeah. everything just imploded on the organization from off-the-field stuff, They've reeled off three games in a row. What gives? Well, I mean, they're very, they're a very tough team. I mean, th- that's what they are. That's kind of what they've gotten back to. And I think defensively on the defensive line, we don't really talk about them as being, you know, one of the more dominant fronts. But you watch what they did against Carolina. Now, nobody's running on that. Team, no, nobody's sure. running on. Pernell McPhee is a very underrated player. He's got a lot of power. You've got Suggs and Doomerville outside. You've got Nato, who you can't move and can create some inside push. They've got a lot of guys that can roll through there. Then you got C.J. Mosley, who's filled that role at linebacker next to Daryl Smith. That's a really, really good front seven, very physical. To me, the story, though, is committing to the run on the other side of the ball. Uh, you know, obviously Ray Rice is not there, but Telefaro, we've seen some good things from him. Forsett's had some big runs that he's reeled off. And then Joe Flacco, he's best when it's the vertical game. You know, you want to throw it 60 times underneath, that's not Joe Flacco, but you want to run the ball and take some shots downfield. Um, I, I think that formula works. It comes down to Flacco, right? I mean, And to me, at least, over the last couple of weeks, what he did, like a surge in certain teams who get a lot of looks at the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially with this version of the Dick LeBron. Oh, I can think it was a weird owl, so but go good. ahead. Like a surge in, that's all. Now it's never getting out of my head. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> that's, uh, well, if, if you enjoyed my laugh, my tittering laugh, you should hear me do my impression of Weird Al singing. Uh, that, oh, that, yeah. That yeah. would sit, take you to so the I'll heavens. save that one. I want I something to look forward that. to. I want something to look forward what to. What about, though, Flacco? He, I mean, he picked apart the Steelers, and then he did the same to to uh, to the Panthers. Is I mean, is Joe Flacco doing something different this year than he did last year when he looked so lousy? Well, I just think they're having balance, and they're protecting him, doing a better job up front with the offensive line. I mean, Gary Kubiak comes over. With that scheme, a lot of people wondered how it would suit Joe Flacco, but I think kind of letting Joe Flacco get you know on those stretch plays, play action off that stuff, he, he looks comfortable to me. So I think it's been a scheme fit. I think they're healthy up front, which they weren't last year. Um, they're, they're doing a nice job of keeping them upright. Well, we have, uh, we've gone through a lot of these teams that maybe feel like a surprise. One division has no team with a winning record in it, and that's the NFC South. This year's candidate to maybe be, <laughs> over the course of the full season, the biggest bum division there is. You look at the fact that the Falcons and Panthers, two and two both, are in first place. The Falcons have beaten no one flawed, outside the division. Very flawed yes, teams. Saw, Mike Smith and his Tevas didn't work. In the, we watched Hard Knocks because any team that is rugged plows this team. And then they, the, who they have beaten are two teams in this lousy division, the Falcons. The Panthers have given up 75 points in the last two weeks, so that defense does not look anything like it did a year ago, 
and the Saints are there with one win, and they're, so are the Buccaneers, and they're a game back. Yeah, the, the Saints going to win this division. The Saints are still living right. I mean, to be where they are as poorly as they've played, you just kind of get the feeling eventually they'll kind of get things picked up. They're, they have been tackling so horrible on the defensive side of the ball. And somebody pointed out to me uh, that Rob Ryan had made them, you know, watch a video of Peanut Tillman, so they worked, you know, how he punched the ball out. And so maybe they're trying to focus mm. on that a little more than wrapping up and getting guys on the ground. But I got to believe they'll get better there. And Breeze hasn't really been totally locked in. The numbers are fine. But you just get the feeling eventually they'll get this thing figured out. Nobody from the division can get away from them. I, I, you know what? I do not get that feeling, as a matter of fact, because dig up their schedule after they get out of the bye. They should who win you, this who coming do you like? week. Do you believe, you believe in Atlanta? I mean, I, I no do pass, because no they are – somebody asked me the other day, which of these Atlanta teams is the real one, the one that is winning these two games that smoked New Orleans, or is it the one that uh, got destroyed in those other two games? My answer is both. It depends who their opponent is entirely. If, yeah. if you can track meet with them, then the Falcons are going to fare well. Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman and Harry Douglas and Roddy White. You know all the weapons Devin there. Hester. Devin Hester's been terrific. And shame on, by the way, Lovey Smith. He must be really humiliated right now. Like, oh, this is embarrassing. Every time Devin Hester makes a play on offense, why didn't I think to try something like this? Or he what? looks pretty good. Um, I just, on the defensive side of the ball, I have no confidence in them on the defensive side of the ball. I Well, I agree with you, but, you know, when it comes – Rob Ryan's history, he's a lot of pomp and attitude, but the results outside of last year's yeah. Saints team don't. But listen to what the Saints have coming up here after the bye. They, they host the Buccaneers, which they should win, obviously. After their bye, though, at Detroit, Packers, at Carolina, Niners, Bengals, Ravens, at Pittsburgh, Panthers, at the Bears. I mean, that's brutal. That's rough. That's a rough ride. There's no gimmies out there. They may not. They may not be a. They might be a 500 team this year. It might win the division. Might be both. That's exactly right. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. That 500 might be enough to Could win be this enough. division. What about the Detroit Lions at three and one? I mean, that looks weird to look at the NFC North standings and see them looking down at the Packers and Bears, and the Vikings are right there too. What do What do we make of? this team in this division at this point? Well, I mean, we've always said they're they're talented in, in Detroit. And what they're doing defensively is what's been so impressive to me. I mean, they are very physical up front. Um, the back end was kind of the big question mark for me. Now, I want to see them continue to get tested. They were great against Aaron Rodgers. We'll see how they do uh, one more time uh, with him, and we'll see how they do against Jay Cutler and company. But, man, they've played over their heads, I think, in the secondary uh, offensively, saw a little bit more of Eric Ebron this week. They have so many different guys that can I get predicted involved. that, by the way. Did in you? The, in the uh, spoiler alert, which you can find at NFL.com at the end of every week when I tell you what the final scores of the coming weekend's games are going to be, I also noted that Eric Ebron would have two catches for 20 yards and a touchdown. I missed one of those receptions, but nonetheless, I called his first career touchdown. Oh, well, good for you. And uh, defensively, you. I just think up front, they're, they're nails. I mean, Stephen Tulloch was a tough loss. I was kind of wondering how that would work out. I mean, everybody kind of had their Bill Grammatica laugh on that whole end. But it was a that sucks. I mean, yeah. he's a really good player to lose him to the, for the season. DeAndre Levy, though, I think if he's playing anywhere else, if DeAndre Levy played for the Jets, we'd be talking about him. Like he's you know one of the best linebackers in all football because he is. That and, and what do you? I, it's it's funny. I joke about Lovey Smith must kick himself every time he sees uh, you know Hester make a play. But really, it is remarkable because I think we fans buy to some degree the notion that, well, you got to have the bodies. You know, you got to have the personnel to do it. The coaching only matters so much. But clearly, we see some coaches come in and just completely change the fortune of a team 
with uh, you know with with their scheme. Does that? I mean, what happened in Detroit in the in the off season that suddenly that defense with essentially those same pieces? How different could could the coach be tackling this thing? Pun intended. By Detroit the way. is three and one right now. I guess I'm getting great. Yeah, they're only three and one. You're right. What was Detroit last year through four games? Three and one. Three and one. Okay, maybe maybe I'm getting. So we might we'd here. wait a little bit on that one. I mean, they they were playing well at the first half of the season. They just kind of collapsed down the stretch. Ended up losing their last four games when they should have had that division wrapped up. So look, they, they've got players. They're playing well right now. Let's just see if they can sustain it all the way through. Well, I said before they went in to play the Jets uh, on Sunday that it was the opposite of the old Dennis Green thing after that Monday night game against the Bears many years ago when he said they are who we thought they yeah. were. Going into that game, I said, we don't know who either one of these teams are. It's the opposite of the Denny Green thing, and I mm. feel that like that's true. Even though we've seen four games now, I, I say about the Falcons, who are they? I guess that's who they are. They've kind of given us a pa- – if, if you are a physical football team, then you're probably going to fare well against the Falcons. And by the way, as a side note, is that the lesson if we make some overarching sort of observation about NFL 2014 so far? Is it that the physical team is the winning team? Is that is that is it as simple as that? Well, I mean, I think the Cowboys are kind of like the the prime example of that. Playing well, more the physical. Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day. Like, if you're going to take over a team, um, the the temptation might be okay. Let's take care of the skill position guys and free agency in the draft or what have you. But I mean, I think the the Cowboys what they did investing in the offensive line. Look at Seattle when they first got involved up yep. there with Pete Carroll and John Schneider. They they fixed the offensive line. That, to me, I mean, look at the Cincinnati, the resources they've put in the offensive line over the years. I think that that's, you know, stability, long-term success. I, I think it's hand-in-hand hand with, with what you do on up front of the offensive line. You have all the skill players you want, all that stuff's great. If you, if you aren't any good up front, it's hard to be consistent. Look at Atlanta. Not very consistent yeah. up front on either side of the ball. So there's those flash games where it's spectacular. But then, you know, consistently up front, I, I don't know that they're good enough to, to roll off five, you know, four or five wins in a row. It seems, and you know what, because I talk to you about this constantly on the air and off, I, you know, because we give in to this stuff about quarterback league and, you know, you need playmakers and this has to, you know, it really, I mean, it, it's, to me, it is that it's the most boring of all answers. If you're just rugged up front, then it, it just negates everything else. Look I mean, at, the, look, look what the Seahawks did to Peyton Manning. I mean, there are a million examples. Look at the 49ers. Of yeah. I mean, I know that the Eagles have all those injuries on the offensive line, um, but you just look at – I look at the turnaround. I always used to – you know, when I was in Baltimore, I did a study one time just on those turnaround teams, how many drafts it takes you to, to potentially turn it around. And I, there were several examples where it was two, two successful drafts. You get like three or four starters in back-to-back drafts. And especially if they're at the offensive line, that's how you, you turn it around. The 49ers were a bad football team for a long time. All of a sudden, now you've got Davis yeah, right. as a first-rounder, Ayupati's a first-rounder, Joe Staley's a first-rounder. They hit on all three. Now they're a really physical team. Takes the pressure off your quarterback, and you know obviously they have their defensive pieces. I, I just think building that offensive line is the way to go. Yeah, but do you legitimately get pushback from, I don't know, the owner, I guess, if you're the Cowboys, and I, and I tip my hat to Jerry Jones, but then on the other hand, he has gone on record and said, I really wish we would have taken Johnny football. That's the temptation. That's the it. temptation. But, I mean, do the owners I – mean, with the, you've been in three organizations, Eagles, Browns, and Ravens. Does do, do any of those owners come to you and say, offensive line in the first round? Come on, that's not fun. Well, I think I, that, and by the way, that is what I would do. That's exactly what you would do. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it depends on if you have your quarterback or not. I, right. I mean, once you have your quarterback, then – 
I think you get, you know, the, the owners, yeah, hey, go. The, 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 the time when an owner gets involved is if you have no quarterback and you're passing up quarterbacks to pick offensive linemen, that's a tough sell. But once you've got that cornerstone player trying to build pieces around him, especially offensive linemen, I don't know that an owner would have an issue with that. It, real quick, though, you talked about being in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. This was before I got there. Um, I was only there for two years. But previously, when the, when Phil Savage got that job, remember, they, they went out and signed LaCharles Bentley. Um, they draft Joe Thomas. Mm-hmm. Now Bentley has the the injury, and his his career was over. But it's kind of interesting. I would, every now and then I look back and I wonder what if you know that one if that was you know you talk about your Jenga piece. Mm-hmm. Well, Charles Bentley was as good as any center in the league at that time. Yeah, that is. Uh, but you know, I I go back to Jerry Jones and what the mentality of the owners or what sort of sway those guys have. Did any of the owners you worked with do they do they do that Jerry Jones thing? And if so, do you resent it? Because I ask that question. Because I've said it a million times, and I'll say it for the million and first. In fact, I say it on this week's check report. If I owned a, a fancy toy, you want to play with it? I would play with it. Yeah. I don't understand this mentality. I get fans being frustrated, or players, or coaches. But bottom line is, like, yeah, I own it. I it's it's worth a billion in the Cowboys. It's worth two billion. I'm I'm allowed to play with my. I'm not. Why? What do I want to own it for? It's the equivalent of guys who collect baseball cards and keep them under the plastic. Though, yeah. why? I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh no, no, you can't read my comic book. You can't actually open it. That yeah. would that would ruin it's, its value. No, right? Do you? I never resent that never... as a personnel guy. Stay out of here, owner. Well, I mean, I never really had to deal with it. Not... So no, I mean, I I remember us having discussions in Baltimore. Um, because we didn't really have a quarterback. And I remember in the draft, I, think, I want to say it was Ozzy or, or Eric DaCosta, one of them had said in the meeting, look, we owe it to our owner um, if it's even remotely close to, to side with the quarterback. It might have been even it might have been even the year that Brady Quinn was coming out. We picked kind of in the 20s. Hmm. And, you know, we weren't, you know, over the moon for any of those quarterbacks. But it was kind of like, hey, if he's there when we pick, you know, we, we kind of owe it to the owner to – to take a shot at a quarterback. That was the only time that ever even came up. It didn't oh, end up I would be the worst. Didn't end up I would be the worst slash best owner. I would go in there all the time. I would just constantly be, no, 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 we're not taking a guard here. We're taking uh, See, if you were my owner, and I would say you're the owner, I'm the general manager, uh-huh. I would do what my wife did uh, with me when we were going to, to pick out stuff for the registry. I would take some. I would take a couple players, and I would say, you know what? I want you to be involved in this process, process Dave. So here's the deal: we're thinking about <laughs> drafting a receiver. So here, I want you to watch this guy, Des Bryant. Okay, you finished watching him. Okay, then we got this guy named Jericho Cotchery. <laughs> but I want you to make the decision. You're the owner. Hey, it's your money. And I would just give you those two players, and you would come back. So I, I, I can tell you, this guy is so much better. You got to take this, Des Bryant. Hey. Hey, boss. Then you'd, then uh, you'd, you'd order it. the yeah. wheel, and then you'd make me pay for it, I bet. That's the sort of thing Possibly. you would do to me. Possibly. All right, Jeremiah. I'll if you I'll ever hit the lottery and win a team, though, I'm glad we've had this all <laughs> fleshed out. Um, what about – they may – I don't know, but if, if L.A. does get a franchise, there's a chance – that the league office will just say, put Damashek in charge. That'll be good. That'll make things jazzy. That'll be a that'll be a feel good story for America if you just give this schnook a team to I run. I think minority owner. I think point zero 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 two five percent. Neat though. I get yeah. to design the uniforms. I get to do the important stuff. Um, all right, let's talk about two things real quick here. First of all, the Pittsburgh Steelers well, are well, humiliating well, before, we, before we get to that, Shaq, we've gone like 30 minutes without touching on E.J. Manuel and the Bills and also Mike Vick and the Jets and Geno Smith. All right. I, how about, are we ever going to talk about Teddy Bridgewater? I love Let's Bridgewater. Blake okay. Bortles, let's talk some quarterbacks. 
Let me just say this about the Steelers, and then we can move on to the other thing. The defense stinks, and it is missing key pieces. Mm-hmm. Ike Taylor, whether or not you think he is, in fact, a shutdown corner, he's their best option out there. Plus, the speed and Shazier and second-year guy Jarvis Jones are missing. And that was, and even with them on the field, this was no world-beating defense. However, the offense, with Roethlisberger, Levy, and Bell, Antonio Brown, Marcus Wheaton, and Heath Miller, and what would seem to be a decent offensive line, or at least high-round draft picks, how can they score three points against Cleveland in the second half, six total against Baltimore, seven against the Buccaneers? Who do you hang this on? Is it Tomlin not getting a message across? Is this a Todd Haley situation? What I mean, what gives? Oh, I get the feeling when you watch them, it's like they're kind of just take their foot off the gas a little bit. Hmm. I mean, and I say that, and you have to keep in mind, if, if Antonio Brown catches the trick play, Exactly we're, right. we're not having this discussion. That's right. We're hailing yeah. the the new Ben Roethlisberger thrown for 350, Antonio Brown, maybe the best receiver in football. That would be the legitimate buzz. If he had a three-touchdown day, 150 yards and everything. Was that the, I, I know you're a Steeler guy, but was that the most egregious push-in-the-back touchdown that, that you've terrible. ever seen? I complained about it on Twitter. Listen, I'm a, I'm not a homer. I can see. Maybe I am a homer, but I can, my eyes ball still well, work. I can see it was Antonio a push-up. Brown would be the best wide receiver no, in the NFL I'm saying if he that, that pass. That would be the buzz is what I said. That would be the buzz. People create narratives around these things, and people run with them, like I did with Jerry Jones just a couple minutes ago. We have created a narrative that he is a liability to the Cowboys organization, but perhaps we need to reverse that if, in fact, he has – and by the way, it's not just that he brought in good pieces. He has created – I don't want to give him too much credit. I don't know if it's Linehan, Garrett, or Jones, or some combo of the three – but their ability to grind you on the ground is like something out of the 20th century. All right, fine. Talk about your Teddy Bridgewater. Do you Teddy love him? Bridgewater made his first start. He was outstanding. I agree. I All loved right. it. I think he's. I, I, I and was happy for him too. He's a great. He's a great kid. And so they say. And I, so on that on that basis. And by the way, also the glove thing. It was. I was heartbroken because you, among other people, told me what a nice kid he is, and I felt so bad for him. Wait, his career is now in jeopardy. Where he's going to get drafted, how much money he's going to make, in other words, is going to be affected because he didn't wear his glove at his pro day. That seems sad. I, I'm pleased to see that the early returns are is that he's going to have a nice long run up there in Minnesota. Right? Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm very happy for it. I mean, look, that was. Uh... Uh, it wasn't just the glove. It wasn't just the pro. There was people concerned. We heard a lot of talk about the the body type and can he physically hold up. And those people will counter with what he did and say, yeah, he ended the game on a on a cart. Mm. So we'll see how he can physically hold up. Um, but I saw the same things in that game that I saw when I watched him on college tape. Somebody that was poised. Somebody that made quick decisions. He was accurate. Um, and, and, he, and, and I even saw some more athleticism from him than you're used to seeing in college tape. Got outside, he was running had a nice little touchdown little run, had a nice little wheel out of a, mm-hmm. out of a pressure. Um, so yeah, I, I was uh, I was excited for him. He's he's a great kid. That was that was one of the you know it was a weird draft process, and it was I just kept talking to people and talking to people, and just nobody everybody fell off of him mm-hmm. um, for for a whole host of reasons. I did not go to the pro day, so I ended up, you know, look, I I wasn't there. I didn't see it in person. The only thing I can go off is what I've seen on tape, so I kept him as my top guy throughout. Now we'll see if he can be healthy and play at this level, but for one day, look pretty good. Bortles and Derek Carr, my top two guys. Bortles looking pretty good so far, too, but uh, per Black Tie's wishes, let's talk about uh, those two quarterback situations going right now. And um, Geno Smith, boy, first of all, the Jets at one and three. You know, I don't. We don't know what the Patriots are going to do tonight. But if they win, I, I the Jets have no shot. I uh, with 12 games left on the schedule. You're calling that right now? Well, listen, they're one and three. 
And they're looking up at all three other teams. The math on that is very difficult. If you have to catch one team, it's one. If they have to catch all three of those teams, and now it makes a difference. Do you, the, are the Bills now better with Kyle Orton in there? Let's talk about that one. Do you do you like that move? I assume you're going to say yes. Right? Yeah, I agree I, with that. But I want to go back to the Jets real quick. Okay. One and three right now. Didn't we talk about this the other day? Their next three games. You know, what their next three games are no San Diego, loss right. right? That's at San Diego. Denver, loss. Definite loss. At New England. Definite loss. Although they always give the Patriots do, a game. But one they, out of two, they always play them. But they could very well be one and six. Wow. Yeah, so so that's that. But um, to go to your, to your question, E.J. Manuel, again, another person that when you get to meet him and be around him, he's just such an awesome guy. You, you want him to do well. but when He passed the body language test. He really did. He did pass Flying the body colors, language yeah. test. He's he's a, he's a great dude, but I mean, when I went through there, we, I've said it on here, I've said it everywhere. After I did my training camp tour, um, they're 21 starters. I'll put them up against anybody. It's a 22nd guy that gives you cause for concern, and you don't go out and spend five million bucks on a backup quarterback right before the season starts if you're very confident in what you have in your quarterback. There, they weren't, and and he's never been a naturally accurate quarterback. He wasn't in college. I didn't think he was a top 50 player in that draft. They took him in the first round. Um, unfortunately, when you take a guy in the first round. Even though he's a developmental, long-term project, you rush him into action. I don't know that he ever would have been ready, but he's not ready. I've been trying to – I've been meaning to look this up, and I said it on the on the last show we did. I want to know what the Bills could have done. You know I love asking what-if questions. Oh, yeah. What if the Bills wouldn't have taken Manuel there? Who might they have taken? Who might their that quarterback be right now? That draft wasn't very good. I mean, go back and when we go back and look at that draft 10 years from now, it's gross. I mean, it's good. The, the, the rookies we have this year in this most recent class loaded. They're all doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, the year before, I mean, Mike Glennon's going to probably be end up being the best quarterback of the bunch. You've got Geno Smith, E.J. Manuel. You've got the first overall pick, Eric Fisher, who a lot of people don't think should even be starting. You know, if they, if they have, uh, you know, decide to keep Albert, he doesn't even play. You've got Luke Jokel, who struggled a little bit down in Jacksonville. Mm. I mean, on it. De- uh, how about how about Deion Jordan? Nothing. I mean, it's not it's not a very good group. Wow, that is something. So, yeah. would you rather have? I guess bottom line, if is it just neither one is a viable option, Geno or I, I thought Geno. Geno, I think I had as like my 28th player in that draft. So I thought he was a late first-rounder. I still – I think he has ability. He has tools. He has tools I didn't think E.J. Manuel had. Oh, is that right? Oh, so yeah, you thought, have thought, to thought, go with I thought Gino was far superior. But, are you, but, but now are you willing to to relent and say Damashek was right in the offseason? It's better for the kid to be brought off the bench because then if you're Gino – He's the savior. He's the savior instead of having to live up to it. If Mike Vick falters, then you bring the kid off and he's everybody's hero. It wouldn't be bring it. We want Vick. We want Vick, the Jets fans chanting. It would be we want Geno. And there he hit. This would make him feel good. And now his frame of mind, he's, 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 you know, he's getting cynical already, swearing at fans. That's not good. No, it's not good. I, I don't know that, you know, if Mike Vick was the right person to bring in to that role into that situation. Um, because of his popularity, you knew that the second anything went sideways, that they were going to get those chants. I just, I don't know. I have a, I have a hard time thinking uh, if your backup quarterback is Drew Stanton that you're getting the we want Drew chance ringing through the <laughs> ringing through the stadium. The Jets never helped themselves in that situation. Obviously, bringing Tebow in a couple of years ago, yeah. but For even Sanchez. more so. It seems like Vic came into this position sort of like, hey, I want to help out Gino. He the, the no, reports, he did not at the reports. Super Bowl, the week of the Super Bowl. We directly asked him, 
and he said, "Oh, I'll be a starter on opening day." He did say that. I know, but right. So then, how... somewhere along the way, the Jets said, "Listen, it's here's what we're going to do with you, and you have to." Yeah, he buy sort of in. settled into it. You know, and then the Jets complained that he didn't act outwardly like he wanted the job enough. See, now all I'm thinking of is like, what would be the worst backup chant in the NFL, like in a stadium? It's an interesting. Uh, we question. want Tolzine. <laughs> you see, just, just ripping through the tool stadium. time, tool time. <laughs> that probably is the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, know what would have to happen thoughts. in Pittsburgh for the fans to be chanting for Grad Kowski, <laughs> but it would have to be a dark day. Brandon Whedon. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's we, we, we want weed and yeah. with a pause. <laughs> um, all right, so that's that. Um, but but I would, for the record, I would roll with Mike Vick. If you need to, you need a boost. There's in San Diego. Roll with Mike Vick this week. What yeah. gives you a better chance in the short? Here's, I don't know. Here's my question. You want to save the season right now, like you say. They go to one and four with a with a a game against the Broncos that, coming up. I'll tell you, that's why that's why I might go to Mike Vick. Actually, I might do it because of those three games I just gave you. Then we set up your scenario. Vic goes in against three tough opponents. He more than likely is going to struggle. Whoever the quarterback is is going to struggle. And then it's, hey, you know, all right, Gino, it's yours. No pressure. It's your deal. Go. Here's my question to that, though. A lot of people say, hey, you don't go to Mike Vic because there's no long-term plan there. But with Gino, to me, he just hasn't looked – He's shown a little bit of highs, but he hasn't looked great. Is there, is there a long-term plan with Geno Smith? Has there ever been any good quarterback who in the first two years hasn't shown that He's had legitimate... games. He's had some good games. He's had some good games. He has, but, but, but your question, you need to, you need to um, further the point by making it clear you're talking about 21st century because there exactly. have been plenty exactly. of guys that no, exactly. 21st in century. the 20th yeah. century. Like and you have guys, you know they have their ceilings. Like Alex Smith now is a good quarterback, right? He's not any better than good. He's Like there is very rare that you see a quarterback who didn't show it's anything a great his question. first two seasons. I, I'm with you, Black Tie, which great. my answer to that, and we'll ask the expert, but my, my answer to that is it's what I always say. Start the kid out w- with rare exception to that. Playing in New York, where the people are cynical and they're and the Jets fans are really uh, looking for something to boo, you know, things have gone against them the last few years and all that. But in most situations, if you take Blake Bortles, you start Blake Bortles immediately. You don't put Chad Henney in there ahead of him. That would be the case with almost every situation because, like you say, Black Tie, you know fairly quickly, yeah, that guy's got the, the – you see the spark. Blake Bortles – threw two picks against the Colts two weeks ago, but you could see as soon as he hit the field, the exactly. pace and everything else. You just, exactly. He so, jumps off the screen when he gets in there. So first two seasons, um, first season, 17 touchdowns, 16 picks, okay? Next season in 11 games, uh, 11 touchdowns, 15 picks. Drew Brees. Pretty good. That was the one it's name that retort. came up. That was the one name that sort of came up as an exception. What's his first year in the league? He's an exception to the rule, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just you can't say that there's a never in What is he, 2002? That was in – his rookie year was 01. He just, you know, only only 27 pass attempts, but he was the guy 02 and 03. Wow, that's one of my favorite NFLs that we do when we ask the what-if question. If the Dolphins would have taken Drew Brees or – if the Chargers would have said, "Now nah, we're resigning this guy, even with the bum shoulder, we're keeping Drew Brees. How, there is not one move in the NFL in the last quarter century that would shake up the way it looks and what we think about this team and that team uh, more than that the, the, than those decisions by the Dolphins, Saints, and, uh, and the Chargers. All right, DJ, it's always such a pleasure. 
and uh, the Move the Sticks podcast, like you say, Ryan Grigson, he is, I met him right after he got hired at the Indianapolis Super Bowl, and he was this unassuming. He's huge. Clearly ex-offensive lineman. He has that look about him. He had a beard and everything at the time, was soft-spoken, and um, like couldn't have been more regular guy in his way, and you immediately start rooting for him. So it was great that he he got off the ground running there, but I'll be fascinated to hear what he has to say about specifically with so many good decisions that he's made since he got in there, the Trent Richardson one. And by the way, mm-hmm. I, I, that's a one more question, and then we'll go. Pep Hamilton, is it – I mean, I, who's who's making this decision – that we must stick with Trent Richardson or shame the devil. He's going for three yards a carry. Ahmad Bradshaw's going for five yards a carry. I don't. I, get, I mean, I you know our our mutual pal uh, Matt Money Smith always says in the NFL and in pro sports, money plays. Mm-hmm. But all right, I mean the the team is just plainly better off with Ahmad Bradshaw in there. No. Well, I I like Ahmad Bradshaw. And I I actually predicted on one of the shows we did this week that he was going to have another you know big game, and I, he had a touchdown catch, I believe, in the game. Only got nine carries, um, but I think we'll continue to see more of him as we go through the year. The one thing about Ahmad Bradshaw is hasn't hasn't held brittle. up. Yeah, right. a little brittle. So. I'm okay if that's the you know look they're not going to tell you what the game plan is but if the game plan is Trent Richardson to kind of eat up carries and and you've got a fresh Ahmad Bradshaw when you you get down the stretch I'm okay. Well, you with start it. seeing that twenty for forty seven though and it's just weak after you you handed the ball to that guy and he went for two yards every time oh it's just terrible but I I am glad that they've kind of morphed into a passing team like they they blew the doors yep. off the Titans and it was even forty one passes forty one runs. And Andrew Luck, I mean, look, everybody laughs at you when you put out he's on pace for, but we're four games through. This is a pretty good sample size. He's on pace to throw for 5,200 yards and, like, 50 touchdowns, 52 touchdowns. No one's ever done that. Oh, wait, All right, oh, maybe did. last year. But either way, I get your point. 52 touchdowns. Yeah. I agree. I mean, he's – look, let, let him throw it up. He's yeah. averaging the – like I think he's – what is it? He's gone over 370 yards in three of his four games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've seen big numbers put up, but we've never seen a guy – put up those kind of numbers, and also be able to run over you if he has to. By the way, did you see the – it was a horrible interception that he threw, but did you see his tackle? I did not. Oh, and that's one thing I've always loved uh, when you're scouting players, and this is something we would get into like on my podcast. Like One of the things I, I always enjoy is offensive players after interceptions. To me, it tells me who the competitive <laughs> dudes yeah. are. And Andrew Luck throws that pick. Go back and watch it. Go watch the highlights of that game and watch the form tackle that he has. It is phenomenal. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow, that's a conversation he we – He did have that big hit in Stanford, too, Oh, right? huge, yeah. yeah. And it was against uh, Sharice Wright, I yep. believe, from USC. Yep. Hey, Black Tie, make a note of this for a week from today. DJ has to get in on this. We could have even done it today. Is um, somebody asked – oh, I said something on Twitter about, uh, about if, if – for whatever reason, if a quarterback league became a literal thing and the only people allowed to play are quarterbacks, where you would put all the quarterbacks? What, what positions? positions? Yeah. Andrew Luck's my running back. I know how fast oh, some a, of the other guys. Unbelievable linebacker too. That's right. Let's, no. let's Cam Newton's my let's OL. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. On, let's let's, let's save it. But yes, Andrew Luck is my feature back. He's a, he's a combination of power and speed. Fourth and seven, game-winning field goal. Jeff Toole on to attempt the <laughs> kick. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Daniel Jeremiah, like I say, always a delight. And It's a fake. Kratkowski leaking down the <laughs> sideline. Toole throws it. Bruce. Bruce. They're not booing in Heinz Field. They're saying Bruce. They love him. And Andy Dalton with the catch. It's a touchdown. <laughs> um so, uh, all right, Move the Sticks, the podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes and Stitcher. Not one, both, I say. 
And, uh, and also, obviously, you'll see DJ all over NFL Network, NFL.com. He is, uh, I dare say, the, run, the rising star in pro football media. And it's going to be sad in the next year to three years when he goes and becomes a GM for one of these 32 it's not NFL happening, teams. Dave. Stop saying that because you are. When I, whoever moves to L.A., their first order of business, I'm going to say is, as the owner of this team, I am hiring Daniel Jeremiah to be my general manager. Before we sign off, can you just clear this up? We both know it, and, and we've ex- you've expressed it before. But on Twitter, I keep getting asked about this kind of beef between the Around the League guys and all the different podcasts. And Well, see how much beef he has with them? He doesn't even know their name. Yeah, like, around, the around the NFL, yeah. around the NFL, you know, whatever. No it, one it cares just, about them. So I, I stole Hanzoos' uh, salad today Yeah, just kind of to let him know, look, if you want to play this way, we can play this way. I got you. Yeah, he but deserves it. People wonder, you know, obviously by our presence together, they know that, that we're aligned. But just to kind of clear that up for anybody out there that's wondering where you stand on this whole thing. Um, I go, you know, I like, uh, I, I think Dave Damashek football program, number one. Um, then got to feed we, your family. Yeah. And we leave number two vacant to, to further emphasize that point. Then at number three, I love, you know, call, I, I love that uh, coach Billick. I can't get enough of coach Billick. I mentioned Matt Money Smith for a reason. I'm a big fan of his work with Bucky Brooks. Then, like I said, rising star. You started at the bottom. You're now out of last place. Move the sticks <laughs> podcast. And then the around the whatever they call themselves people. I don't know what they are. I don't know, I don't know what they are, you know? They, so is it like if their girlfriend is that an around the way girl? They don't get the wheel. No. No. Oh, no, no, no. No, no they're not worthy of the wheel. I don't even spin the ball. I, I wouldn't even spin the ball for no. you. That's my new phrase to everybody. I don't even spin the ball in your direction. That's my homage to the great Steve Smith. And I tip my hat to him on this week's Sheck Report, so make sure you check it out. Ice up, son. Ice up. Oh, he's the best. Yeah, Derek Jeter's one kind of role model. Steve Smith is a role model for people like me who've been through it. They have a chip on their shoulder. Life doesn't always go their way, but Steve Smith. The NFL Smith, game there is, he not is. He's the best. 66. Of course, Derek Jeter's had a good life. He's a handsome devil who's a great athlete, got to play shortstop on the Yankees. Title, title, title. Of course, he got a lot of titles. He was on the New York Yankees. Steve Smith, though, on this bum franchise, this historyless franchise, he made the Panthers relevant. How did they treat him? They kicked him to the curb. So what did he do? He called his shot like Babe Ruth, and then he delivered it. I loved it. I hail you, Steve Smith, and we need to have you back on in Studio 66. A-S-A-M-P. Last point, though. Great by Steve Smith, like you said, calling a shot. You know what was even a more boss move? Aaron Rodgers telling everyone to relax. It's one thing for a player to say, hey, we're going to win. We're going to come out here and play hard. To tell the team and everyone else to relax, (laughs) that shows you're on some sort of level that no one else is at. You you, you can't be the king of the north if you ain't ice cold. Exactly. You know you own the game when you tell everyone, just relax. I I got this. You're exactly right. All right. Well, listen, again, Thanks uh, to Black Tie Behind the Glass. Thanks to you, Daniel Jeremiah. Move the Sticks all over the place. At Move the Sticks on Twitter. He's pumping out all the information of where to find the podcast and all his work. And uh, so make sure you check that out. All right, we'll be back later in the week to give you our game picks, the Red Challenge Flag segment. I will continue to divine for you what's going to happen over the weekend before the weekend gets here. We'll have uh, presumably Elliot Harrison, and I don't know who else. We'll have Handsome Hank hopefully back from uh, London in here um, to, to get ready for week five. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a good session.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com.com slash compatibility.